Hello everyone, I'm Annie Gibbons and you're listening to Memoirs of Successful Women, the podcast where you get to hear candid conversations with fascinating women from around the globe who share aspects of their business and life journey, how they measure their success and what they have learnt along the way. For this episode of Memoirs and Successful Women, I have the amazing Dawn Bates with me. And she ha- is the most amazing author known to mankind because she's actually the author of Becoming Annie, the biography of a curious woman, who I'm sure you've all heard about. Well, today you're going to hear so much more about that. Welcome to the program, Dawn. Thank you, Annie. Sorry, I've got the giggles, but then you knew that anyway. <laughs> Thank you for having me on the show. We're going to giggle a lot today because that's all we do as we share together, share our lives together and share what has um, gone into my biography. And I know um, this is the way you roll with all of those that you interview. So tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Who is Dawn Bates? Well, you've already heard I'm a giggler, a tea drinker, I'm a sailor, a I'm called a machine when it comes to writing books and creating content. Um, but generally, I'm I'm human. I'm a, you know I'm a woman who's got dreams and aspirations, who goes after them. Uh, I ghostwrite for people. I um, I have two amazing young men uh, who blow my mind and call me forward every single day. They're at home with their dad in the UK um, as I go off on my mad adventure sailing around the world, writing books and going on a book tour. Well, not so much at the moment, but um, yeah, and apparently I'm the world's, one of the world's best kept secrets. So, <laughs> Absolutely, as we both mm-hmm. are, we'll have to share that mantle. Mm-hmm. So what took you to Argentina? Why are you in Argentina at the moment? <laughs> well, I wasn't actually going to come to Argentina. It was kind of like, well, we were crossing the Atlantic because I did a three-month Atlantic Ocean crossing. I was supposed to go to the Caribbean, but three trips fell through and I just said to it like, okay, what plans do you have for me? Show me where you want me to go, where you want me to serve. And um, I opened up my inbox um, and within half an hour, a trip to Chile dropped into my, (laughs) I was like, okay, I'm listening, I'm going to Chile. Um, And then I did the three-month ocean crossing by Cabo Verde, Montevideo in Uruguay, down by Las Malvinas, the Falklands, and along the Magellan Strait, which Magellan did not discover. I just want to make sure that that's known. Um, It was discovered by the Chinese, but there we go. Um, Gavin Menzies, uh, 1421. And then uh, down into um, Chile. But when we were coming across uh, the ocean, one of the guys on board was filming an environmental documentary. And he was actually making his way around the world um, carbon-free. So he was sailing and uh, he was cycling and walking, film crew and everything. And then we found out that there was the uprising in Chile and I just burst out laughing. <laughs> it's not that I was laughing at the fact that there was a... Yeah, I love that as an, an automatic reaction to an uprising yeah. is you burst out laughing. 
Yeah, well, I'd live, when I went to live in Egypt um, for four years off, maybe five, um, we'd only been there six months and the Egyptian uprising kicked off, which is what my <laughs> second book was about. And I was like, oh, gosh, my friends go are going to love this. And that's why I started laughing. I was like, <laughs> this is just not happening. Or I don't really want to stay in Chile if there's another uprising. I just don't want to deal with an uprising. Um, I stayed there for a month just to ground myself after having been at sea for a month. Um, made my way up through Patagonia. And as I came out of Patagonia, I was like, okay, do I stay on the Chilean side of the border or do I go to the Argentinian? I meditated and it was like, you go to Argentina. So I came here. My boys were excited. They were going to get to eat Argentinian steak. I don't eat meat. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, and I've been in quarantine ever since. <laughs> so you're basically stuck in Argentina for the last six months? Uh, pretty much, yeah. But I'm not stuck. I don't do stuck, Amy. You're not stuck. You're roaming no. around the streets of Buenos Aires. Yeah, just like some random vagabond. No, but because you're you, you've just gone and went, oh, well, I'm here. I'm just going to write mm. books and just carry on, just do more absolutely. of the Dawn adventure. That mm. That is Dawn. Yeah. It, absolutely, because I can't control what's going on around me. So the only thing I can control is what's going on within me and what is going on within my business and my relationship, my relationships with myself, with others. Um, and in, I, I don't do pity parties very well and I you know whereas a lot of people have felt sorry for themselves or they felt trapped I think a lot of the work that I've done over the years you know having lived through the Egyptian uprising and been given a curfew for the first time in my life by a, a dictator I was like what my mum didn't even give me a curfew What's going on? <laughs> I mean I've got to be in by seven um, that was weird but then with everything that happened in Scotland, um, which is detailed in my third book, um, Crossing the Line, um, where I was, uh, well, I was arrested, Annie. Like, how dare they? <laughs> Who would arrest you, you in Scotland? You do attract trouble, don't you? <laughs> I do. Apparently I do. Um, well, I actually did joke that I actually manifested this whole quarantine because I needed to get stuff done. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a serious amount of power. So we'll just uh, leave that one to the yeah. side. So yeah. let's backtrack then. So what made you, um, where do we even start with the story of Dawn? What made you uh, suddenly get on a boat to come to Chile? Let's work backwards. What, what, have you always been into sailing or did you suddenly go, I have to do something different for me? What makes a woman just suddenly go, I'm going to leave UK, go sailing on this world voyage and see what will be, will be? Oh, uh, wow. When I was eight, I remember sitting on the beach with my mum and dad. Dad used to do a lot of beach fishing. Um, and um, I remember sitting on the beach with my mum. And my mum reminded me of this when, just as I was leaving. She goes, you said when you were eight years old you were going to go do this. And I was like, I know. She goes, well, it took you long enough. What have you been doing all these years? <laughs> um, oh, what a fabulous you know, 
Yeah, oh, honestly, some of the phrases my mum comes out with, I've told her I'm going to write a book about your phrases. She goes, you are not. I said, I am. She goes, don't dare me. Don't dare me, mum. She wouldn't, but she knows anyway. But, um, and then, you know, this trip wasn't supposed to happen until my youngest had left school. But um, there are certain things that happen in our lives that just accelerate plans um, and bring them forward or delay them and um, I just had to I remember sitting in the bath listening to a podcast um, by someone who I was friends with at the time and my heart just cracked open and I was just in tears and I was like I've got to go I've got to go now I mean the boys and I had been planning it and my youngest went well I'll go to boarding school mummy and I was like you won't you go live with your dad <laughs> boarding school really you want to go to boarding school I was like yeah that'd be great and then he decided he'd miss the dogs too much and miss his nanny and granddad so he decided he wasn't going you've got to think it through <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah he um but the boys cheer me on they say they tell me I'm not allowed to go back home because I'm just inspiring too many women and uh, what I'm doing is really important and this is for me and uh, my ex-husband is cheering me on as well and fully supportive and he's actually admitted that um, it's been great for him to be as a dad to be able to parent his boys in the way that he wanted to without me being there on a day-to-day basis but still us getting together and making important decisions together so it's been really good for all of us. What an amazing relationship uh, dynamic and it's so great that you've been able to make that work. You know, when so many mm. people find it challenging, you've actually got to obviously a stage in your lives that you actually just want want you, each other to be happy and, and, mm. and ride with what that means. So what mm. was the, when you actually then set off on the boat and you've got this whole month at sea, you've got all the training I'm imagining and, and all of that happening, what, what has been the biggest learning for you? I think learning to bite my tongue, to be honest. You're not allowed to be chatty um, on the boat. <laughs> no, I, I don't suffer fools gladly, Annie. Mm. Like, I, I can't, like, boats get smaller by the second when you're on a boat with the wrong people. <laughs> and when you're about to do an ocean crossing, and, I mean, there was one lady that I sailed with. Why she was a sailor, I have no idea. <laughs> The moment we hauled anchor and the lines were back on the boat, she was out. She was out of it. She was sick from the moment we left harbour to the moment we arrived. And when you've got someone laying around, um, but she was only doing it for the prestige of saying that she'd gone sailing. My darling, I'm like, look, you're a liability, love, <laughs> and like serious a liability. You know, if we'd have run into any problems, she would have been no good to anybody. She mm. was no good to anybody, mm. you know, and because of the sickness um, and her wanting to be very natural, she wouldn't take any seasickness remedies. She, and it was just like, oh, do you know, like she, I, I've, I had to bite my tongue. So I think the biggest challenge for me has been learning to hold my tongue, um, mm. but also finding space for me. Um, because you know, when you're only on a 55 footer, Mm. um, and there are four people, um, and you're in the middle of the ocean and you can't walk away. Yes. It's not, not, 
it's not very wise to swim either. Although. <laughs> <laughs> well, I must admit, um, learning to bite your tongue is, is better than um, learning not to kick the lady overboard. So I think you did well there. So it's interesting yeah, that someone who, someone who needed... <laughs> must have done a couple of little warm-ups someone who needed to actually have a bit of space and a bit of time to just mm. learn to know yourself into this into this next journey you chose a boat to do it which is a very confined space which is quite interesting mm. other people you know go to nepal or go out into the wilderness uh, whereas miss dawn bates suddenly goes i'm going to go on a boat um with mm. strangers i'm imagining yes mm. Hmm. Yeah, um, I had to learn to trust myself again hmm. um, because after 18 years of being with my ex-husband, um, there were certain times when I had doubts, um, but I put it down to other things that were going on and there were certain suspicions, which proved to be true. Um, but like you say, you know, when you're when you want each other to be happy and you love each other on a very deep level and you've got children, you, the, the thing that you want most of all is for your family to be happy. And even though we're not married, we are still family. Yes. We have children together. Um, and um, I had to learn to trust my own intuition, but the, I, can't ima I can't imagine being in the woodlands because there's just too many bugs out there, like <laughs> spiders and like... Like I like camping, but I prefer camping at sea, which to me is sailing. Mm. Um, I am an ocean soul. I being on a boat with all those people, um, like you said, they are strangers. I am researching another series of books that I'm writing, the Mermaid's Guides. Um, but the the solitude you get when you're out in the middle of the ocean and you're doing an ocean crossing and you're days away from land and everyone else is asleep and it's just you on deck and the stars are above you and it's especially at 5am when the dolphins come out for the breakfast Aww. oh Annie you know and <laughs> Oh, and the turtles swim by or the whales or like when we were sailing down towards the Antarctica, towards Chile and the penguins and especially the penguins around uh, Las Malvinas, like there were penguins. <laughs> like I've seen real life penguins less In than a wild. meter away from me. Amazing. Like why would you not? <laughs> Wow. Bloody cold though. <laughs> yes. Didn't feel like going for a little frolic with them. <laughs> yeah, I did, but I hadn't got a wetsuit. But you know, I would have done. Seriously, when we were halfway across the Atlantic, we all and when we were in the doldrums and we were at the equator, there was just no wind. We were not going anywhere, so we were all like, "It's time to go swimming." <sighs> so we all jumped off the boat into the water and had. Mm. Uh, Swam in Lake Atlantic. Mm, that is magic. That is mm, total. That magic. was the last swim I went for. I am so needing to get to my next location. <laughs> Seriously. I'm just helping you have a little reminisce, reminisce now, and you're like, oh, yes, I've really got to get back there. Um, okay, mm. so let's talk about Dawn the author. 
Where did this mm. um, seed get germinated in your childhood besides your love of sailing? When did you decide, gee, I'd love to write books and write people's stories? What, what happened to you in your earlier years that led you that direction? Oh, you know, I've always journaled. Um, I didn't actually, like you, pioneering the vision boards with your mm -hmm. fridge, with your high-level managerial skills. Oh yes. Um, I've been I've been journaling for for years, you know, like writing down and then looking at patterns. Okay, well that's still happening. Why am I doing that? Oh, okay, so stop doing that, Dawn. And I did that from a very very early age, um, and um, my first book was ten years ago. I mean, I've written newsletters and I've written articles throughout my professional career on a variety of things. I had a blog that got taken down um, when I got followed by the secret police in Egypt. Um, that's a whole different story. You'll have to read Wallahi. That's my second book. Um, <laughs> Everybody better go to dawnbates.com, by the way, to get these books. Yes, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> you will find becoming Annie there too. You will definitely um, <laughs> find becoming Annie there. Yeah. Um, but I got to a certain point in my career when everyone was asking me questions. And like, the same question, I went, you know what? I'm going to write a book and then you can all just go buy the book. Mm -hmm. So it was a very flippant comment. Um, and then I went, do you know what? I'm going to write that book. Oh, and so I wrote the books. And what was your first book? When you it was called Friday Bridge. <gasps> that was your first book. Oh. That was my first book. Okay. Um, and I published that with a traditional publisher, um, which, or sorry, someone who made out they're a traditional publisher. <laughs> Turns out they were not a traditional publisher. They were a vanity publisher. Um, and um, it took me nearly three years to get that book back into my hands. Okay. And I made more in four weeks than I had made in four years in royalties alone by taking back my own book. And it's one of the reasons why I've developed my publishing company the way I've done it. I don't want royalties. I don't own copyright. You know, it is not, I didn't write the book. Why should I get royalties for it? Um, so it's a very much um, along that. But my writing... Um, it came from a sense of wanting to gain answer questions that and dispel certain stereotypes or attitudes or beliefs that people had about certain things. Um, like when I wrote Wallahi, I remember standing in the kitchen making dinner and my dog was to the left of me, little Celt. And I'm suddenly like, I'm having a little rant to myself, like making dinner. He kept looking at me, tipping his head to one side and then to another, going, what on earth are you talking about, woman? And I'm like, that's it, I'm going to write a book. <laughs> so I phoned my ex-husband, like, can you have the boys for the next week, please? He goes, yeah, why? I went, I'm going to write a book. In a week. <laughs> are you? And he just, <laughs> yeah. He burst out laughing. He knew that would be a thing. And... Um, you know, from the initial idea to international bestseller on three continents, it took me 14 days. Incredible. Mm. Incredible. And it yeah. just flowed out. It was, it wasn't even mm. hard. It was just, it just no. came out at you. Yeah. Well, it's like when I wrote your book, 
you know i just from first meeting you well giggling our heads off um and i mean it's just been one big giggle for <laughs> That did take us a lot of our time chatting and giggling, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but there are just some stories that just fit with you and that just flow from you. Researching you and stalking you within an inch of your life was such a pleasure and such an honour and <laughs> you're such a fascinating woman and you're, the level that you serve women Um you know that that kind that really resonates with me. I've had other people that want me to write their books. I'm going, yeah, no, not happening. Not happening. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's just not going to happen because you know it's got to flow. Um, people that struggle to write a book, they're writing the wrong book. That's to, and if they need writing prompts, they they're not they're not. If you are wanting to become an author, whether it's fiction or fact and the content does not flow out of you you are blocked mm. on so many levels one because you are afraid of it being successful or you're afraid of being criticized you're not writing the right content um you don't even know what your why is i mean simon sinek talks about this a lot mm. um and but when your why is so strong and you know that you're here to serve humanity from a higher place and turn negatives into positives and be an inspiration or to leave the world in a much better place than when we arrived, you know, for me, that's an act of worship. Mm. Um, and that is my purpose here on life is to expose certain things or share certain things um and um to not do that i can't imagine not doing it i can't imagine not writing i write on average i mean i've just written moana in six days and i was averaging between 15 and sixteen thousand words a day um because it's a book that had to be written Mm. just like Wallahi had to be written but my first book took a year crossing the line took three because I had to study the law I had to study human rights law I had to study family law I had to study criminal law and wait for the outcomes of two court cases mm. so that book had to take three years but the moment that information was in and I digested it it was boof it was written waiting for the next installment um coaching other people on how to write their stories clearing the space it's like um i was saying to uh somebody else that it's almost like you want to get out the car out of the drive on a snowy day mm. you just got to clear the snow out of the way <laughs> you just got to get rid of the stuff that's blocking you and then once you've done that your story whatever it is like i said whether it's fiction or whether it's fact or whether it's your expertise it will just flow mm. and if a book takes you if you can't write that book you're not meant to write that book wow just as simple as that 
Because there's so many people, there's so many people who say they've got a book in them and then they Mm -hmm. start writing and then they get stuck, right? I mean, I've just Mm -hmm. heard it so many times. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I don't know where to go. I don't know how to do it. So what you're saying is it's, it's not your time or is it you're not gifted at it or you've just got blockages that are holding you back from the reason of, of, of sharing that story? It's blockages because I I believe everyone's got a story within them. Mm. They've got, they have got content to share. Mm. You know, some people will do that through films. Some people will do that through music. Um, Those people that say I've got a book in me, but then don't know how to write it. It's because they are blocked for a multitude of different reasons. And this is why I offer writers unblock sessions. Yeah, because if an author has got or somebody who wants to write a book and really, really wants to write it but are not writing it, you're blocked, and I will rip it out of you. I will get that block <laughs> out of your way. Oh, tr- spend some time with me, and that you—it's you, you definitely have no blockages left. Yeah. <laughs> so those of you, so those people who do your your writing courses or learning to be an author mm. courses, all of them. So you're saying that anyone who goes and does those courses with you, they'll they will be able to then just get rid of those blockages and then get their book written if they apply yes. themselves. Wow, absolutely. And this is the thing. I mean, I've got the five day author challenge, which I created over a year ago. Um, that gets people okay. You need to think about these things before mm. you even think about writing the book. These are the things you need to be thinking about your artwork, you need to be thinking about your why, who are your champions, how are you going to market it, how are you going to make money, um, wh- how are you going to structure it, you know, all the hows, what's, wherefores, and nearly finished that bit in my mum's style, but I won't. Um, and then I've got my seven, my uh, I've got a seven module course that I do, but I've also got a seven month mastermind, which is my author mastermind coming up. Um, And anyone that works with me on a one-on-one, they're like, just oh my gosh, you know, like they've all been able to just get out of their own way. Hmm. Um, Because I don't like excuses, like (laughs) the lady on the boat. I'm sorry. You've just got to go. (laughs) You've just, you either suck it up and get on with it I mean I'm not exactly for the faint-hearted um I do call a spade a spade and um but that's why I get the results that I get because I call myself on it Mm. I don't hold myself back so why would I want to hold anybody else back you say you want something well let's get on and get it done so so what was it like writing um, my biography? When I came to you and said, you know, I want to write my story for the reasons that I wanted to write it. I wanted to share my truth and I wanted to just get that out, release um, some anchors in my life and be able to give that as a gift that it would connect with women globally so that they could be empowered with their story and be able to move on with their story. Mm. What was that like to actually meet someone and be able to get into, you know, someone else's life, my life, to be able to then be able to write a story, you know, because I can understand you've written stories about your life and your, you know, challenges in Scotland and Egypt and, you know, things that have happened to you personally. What is it like to just suddenly go, okay, I'm going to stalk you, Annie, for four months and then then write your story 
it must be a really strange experience. Um, in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. Because even though my first books were my story, they weren't really, I just used my life as a catalyst for the subjects that I wanted to talk about. So like my first book was about raw racism, uh, social stereotypes. Um, the second one was about the Egyptian uprising and like corrupt leadership and police corruption. Um, so when I looked at your story, it was okay. So Annie is the subject that we are using um, to talk about female empowerment and um, that anything is possible. Um, and looking at certain attitudes that women have about themselves and about each other, mm. but also the mummy martyrdom that a lot of women um, fall foul to. And the more I learn about you, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, seriously, five children? I mean, that took me a while to get my head around. Two sets of twins? And James, oh my gosh, like I have to give a shout out to the hunky (laughs) husband here. And I know he's probably listening. I know he is listening. He, like, seriously, every woman needs a James in their life. You are, like, well done, Annie. Like, kudos to you. Mm. Absolutely. And, but it was the way in which you both went about it, you know, the, the whole, you've got something great, let's make it greater. You know, Mm. Jim Collins wrote about that, Mm. you know, and good to great. He used business as a platform for that. But you already knew that you were a good person and you went on to make yourself a great person. And then, you know, and then you and James had a a good relationship, a great relationship. You've made that greater, you know, the impact that you have had in the world. You know, you knew that the education in the medical um, industry was good it just needs to be more inclusive Mm. rather than divisive and um less of the well yes we're the medical experts or we're the medical educators and you know you all listen to us it was about okay now we've got this information let's share it let's Mm. help more people become healthier sooner and you know enjoy life more and then you actually made me feel really quite normal that you've done so much because people keep saying to me, like, like, oh, my God, how much have you done? I'm like, well, go read Annie's book. She's done just as much, if not more, you know. We are when you've got hyperactive. <laughs> we are. <and> <laughs> but, but when you're looking at, like, just discovering you and going, wow this woman's amazing like and just seeing photos of you and reading the photo and the energy between you and the others and then going on to your social media profiles and having to look for inconsistencies in your behavior and the inconsistencies in the way in which you engage with people and okay well this is what she says but this is this followed through in each and every area of her life, mm. you know, with the personal engagements, because a lot of people, they wax lyrical and they say one thing and then they behave in a different way. <laughs> but there were just no, I'm like, 
this woman is just pure love and Aww. pure joy <laughs> and just wants to make the world a better place. Why would I not want to write this book? Oh. <laughs> and the fo- I've learned so much about eye care. Seriously, I could diagnose myself, I think. Like the rabbit holes, the wormholes, the black holes, the nebulas. I've been, I've been going like, seriously. Things I've learned about ultrasounds, the stuff I've learned about the eye, branding, consistency, family, relationships, just Amazing. a gift. Wow. Fantastic. Well, I've definitely been gifted by you writing it, that's for sure. And it's certainly been an amazing journey. Have someone come into my life and feel so connected so quickly and to be able to mm. trust someone to be able to authentically you know share my story because that was a really big thing for me to actually not you know write an autobiography which you know i would therefore have my own bias and slant and you know whatever on and then to be able to do a biography which felt a lot more authentic because you interviewed so mm. many people but also feels a bit scary because mm. you kind of go wow i mean we just met online on LinkedIn and then all of a sudden mm. you know a couple of months later you're writing my biography and knowing my entire life so <laughs> it was an amazing <laughs> it was an amazing ride um and I think we'll just have to be sisters forevermore because now you know all my truths <laughs> and I don't have any secrets left that's not in the book <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and- so yeah I think one thing that you have sort of obviously sort of sort of indicated is that your bullshit tester I'll call it is very high you know that Mm. you must meet so many people who try to say one thing but once you cut through because you're a bit of a detective um it's just not it's not real and is it is it Mm. is it that they want to believe one thing or they just think it's got to be larger than life or better than they are or you know Mm. you you must learn a lot about human behavior sort of working with Mm. so intimately oh you do oh yeah (laughs) yeah you do it's um I, i think because i'm such a geek as well um and the subjects that I've studied along, like, I, I mean, I, I've, people use a lot of NLP in their marketing, hmm. basic NLP. Um, and um, people, they like to present something about themselves. And this is, again, one of the reasons what stops people from writing their book, uh, because they think they have to write a book for it to be successful. It's like one of those, um, uh, I mean, I call it, I mean, back in the day, we used to call it a loss leader. You know, it's an introduction, it's a sales tool, whatever, you know, um, sales qualifier, marketing tool, um, it's a lead magnet. And it was quite interesting because Jenny, my editor-in-chief at House of Preeminence magazine, you look fabulous in it this month, I will say. Um, and <laughs> um, she said something at the weekend, which made me really like, she called me a serial author. Mm. And I said, no, I'm just an author, just doing my job. And this is the thing. A lot of people use the word author 
as a way of elevating themselves, but they're not really an author. They've just collected um, their emails or their top tips, or they've kind of touched on something and they've given it away and they've created a little book or a pamphlet, as I call it. And then they call themselves an author. And I I said to Jenny, is it just me being a snob? (laughs) Because when you go and fix your car, you don't call yourself a mechanic, do you? Or if you've cooked yourself a meal, you don't call yourself a chef. (laughs) You know. That's so true. (sighs) But this is the thing. We present ourselves or we use labels to present ourselves into the world. Um... And then when you get someone like me who is a total geek and will follow the wormhole and they will go and they will follow the breadcrumbs. I mean, I I had a fascination with criminology and psychology and theology and neuroscience for years and I love it. Um, Oh, I can't wait to do this degree. Uh, Um, (laughs) But when you've got all of that, and you look at the patterns of behavior and you go, oh, okay, well, they said this, but their wording and their presentation is presenting that. Okay, why? Mm. And then when you put all of this information together, you go, oh, okay, well, they've got that blockage there. And it's just like people that are at the next level of awareness and the next, next, next level of awareness, they'll see mine yeah you know and and i think this is thing we we have to remember that we are all just equal we all bleed red and if i kick you you will bleed i mean you will bruise you probably bleed as well um but the thing is some people like to think that they're better than others Mm. and this is one of the things i love about the ocean she will level you (laughs) she doesn't care like if your boat is not taken, she doesn't care whether you're on the most spandangled Beneteau Oceanus 45 or 55, which I've really, really got something for at the moment. You can probably tell. Oh, that boat. Um, and she doesn't care if you've got like an old blooming rowing boat. If you do not respect the laws of nature and you do not pay attention you will drown at sea. Mm. You've got to be. There's no ego at sea. Mm. Um, and when people are presenting themselves to the world, I mean, you've known, like, yeah, I haven't done that yet, Annie. I'm working on that. I've just had this. I'm completely honest. I'm like, right, I haven't done it. Or, okay, well, I've done this, you know, or that's not flowing, or you'll just have to wait a minute, or, okay, I'm really <laughs> excited. And, I'm really excited, Annie, and you've seen how excited I get, but because I'm honest and I'm real, I've got nowhere to hide. Mm. And if I don't tell the truth in my books, it discredits absolutely everything else that I do. Mm. So when I write books or when I write posts, you can better believe there's been a ton of research that goes on behind it. Like we're crossing the line. That was all about exposing police corruption and the legal system and the, the, the corruption within the legal system in Scotland. I had to get that right. If I didn't get that right, you can bet you that those police officers that I've named and the judges that I've named in that, police, that book, oh, they'd be on me. Mm. And it's like, okay, well, I've done my study. 
that you're telling me that that's wrong then okay well tell me it's wrong and i'll correct it mm. but what about all of this <laughs> you know you if you're going to come if you're going to put yourself out there as something you have to make sure that you're doing it right and owning mm. your mistakes or owning your errors or owning where you've still got learning to do mm. and a lot of people don't do that yeah because they're afraid to do that and what I find really interesting is these people that say that they don't care about other people's judgments of them. And then when you're on a webinar with them, they're asking you constantly to give them feedbacks, put a one in the comment, put a two in the comment, show me some love, show me some love. It's like, if you don't care what people are thinking, why are you asking for that? Because mm. they do want your love. Of course they do. We all want to be loved, don't we? Exactly, exactly. So You've since got loads of it. so much love. <laughs> um, so because your books, they're your, you know, and your writing and and your whole career, because that's what you do, is it, is your integrity, right? So what mm. would you, so now you're at a stage of your career that you know everyone's wanting a bit of Dawn Bates, and you know, and you've got you people lined up wanting your you know services and as an author then who what do you who do you say no to now you know so many times in business we get you know we're, we're wanting business so we can sort of say yes or or compromise we've all had times in our in our lives of compromising a little bit what do you now know that you would just not do what choices what hard choices or are they not hard choices because you just go they're just not right for me now one I tap into the energy first of all um, like can I giggle with this person yes or no that is my litmus test um, <laughs> are these people challenging me and if so how are they challenging me are they teaching me something new not just about the world but also about human nature um, are they adding value to the world? Mm. Um, because the thing is, if they're adding value, then yes, I want to work with them because there's too many, there's too much stuff out there. That's just, we're, we're, it's, so, oh, it's just, uh, it's like, Oh God, you know, really more of that. Mm. Um, I don't want to see oh I, honestly Annie it's like gosh <laughs> and I know this is probably people like oh she's very judgmental but you have to be mm. you have to judge who's in your space I'm very very protective over who's in my space mm. um, and for example I've also realized that the people that um, and I want to be able to, I've always wanted to help people, but I've realized that by wanting to help them or reducing my price for them is actually not serving them. It's not calling them forward. So mm. I got to the point where it's like, no, these are my fees. Take if you're not willing to pay my fees, then no, it's not mm. going to happen because you're not ready to work with me yet. Mm. And by me saying no to them is a way of me saying, go do the work and then come back to me. When you're ready, we'll see where we're both at. 
It might be that my prices have gone up, but you just have to call yourself a bit forward even more. But the thing is, if you're not willing to invest that amount of time and that amount of money into my services, then you don't value what I'm doing. Mm. Mm. You don't value the journey I've been on. You don't value or respect my experience, my knowledge and my time. And I have now put in very firm boundaries um, and standards. And by doing that, it's aligned the right people with me. Mm. And showing up as myself and not being apologetic for who I am also filters out a lot of people. Yeah. My mum says it's like separating the wheat from the chaff, Dawn. <laughs> I'm like, yes, mother. Uh, <laughs> you just want the gold nuggets really <laughs> she's also got another phrase but i don't think we'll, we'll share that one <laughs> so you now but, um yeah you've now gone and enrolled yourself at university again what are you going to be studying i don't you've now enrolled yourself at university so what are you going to be studying um, I'm working towards my PhD in international law and social justice. Wow. And you're mm. super excited about it. Oh, I am. I'm so excited. <laughs> I got my, my textbook the other day. It's 871 pages. Oh, my yes. goodness. Yes. The bigger the better for you, Dawn. Everyone else would be intimidated, oh, oh but you're like, oh, my gosh. Okay. So why why do you want to do a PhD yeah. in that? What what excites you about that? For an author oh. who's done the books that you've done, where is this going to take you? Okay. So, um, well, I get to be Dr. Dawn, <laughs> which I just think has got a nice ring to it. Just the best, yeah. <laughs> Um, but Oxford University is, um, I moved to Oxford when I was 19 and bought my first house. Um, and, um, I absolutely loved being uh, in Oxford and I was just like, yeah, I just don't want to do a degree now. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's not the right time. I'll do it later. But doing international law and social justice, again, ties into the work that I do the kind of books that I coach my clients to write and the kind of books that I write. Mm. Um, and it also enables me to be able to protect and advise my clients um, on aspects of what their book is about. And it just takes my learning of the world in which we live in and the human condition. Like this first semester, it's all about ethics and morals and values. And I... I have a very strong moral compass mm. um, and as Charles who wrote the forward of my first book uh, very kindly wrote in there about me having a strong moral compass and it's always I don't like people being bullied I hate bullies mm. I don't like people who think that they can control other people um, I don't like corruption within governments. I saw a lot of that when I lived out in Egypt. Um, I don't like people abusing their position um, or abusing others. And I know that um, when you do something like international law and social justice, with the books that I write and I'm about to write, 
not only will these subjects give credence to the stuff that I've written, but I can also use these books as supplementary evidence towards gaining my PhD. Mm. Um, and it just, it's just exciting to learn. <laughs> like, why would you not want to learn? Mm. Like, I just, for me, when you stop learning, you'd start dying. Really, <laughs> seriously. Your brain's like any other muscle. If you don't work those glutes, ladies, you're going to not have a peachy butt, mm. you know? 100%. You gotta, I sit here a lot and I'm always, I mean, like I'm on some calls and I'm jumping up and down. People are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing my butt exercises. You know, <laughs> you know I'm doing my core exercises, holding my core in throughout the day and twisting. And, but your mind, you have to keep it going. But it's another way of me adding value and serving my clients at the next highest level. Mm. You know, when a client embarks upon a court case, let's say, I'll be able to add knowledge and experience to that. I've already beaten Scotland police uh, on two court cases. And that was without the PhD. <laughs> and that was without the PhD. <laughs> so watch out world i love that because it's, it's very, very similar to uh, and um, we have lots of conversations like that of just wanting to always mm. be learning and growing and you know in my curious nature and obviously your mm. nature it's kind of like i don't want to just do my work i want to be learning how to do that better and how to add value mm. to other people all the time so it is that journey of constantly finding better ways exploring um yeah, how different people think and how they solve problems mm. and then, you know, assessing and monitoring how does that fit with your own moral compass and your own ethics mm. and so forth. Um, absolutely amazing. So tell us about the House of Preeminence and what you do there. Well, um, the House of Preeminence is now being hailed as the new O magazine um, and um, it's where high performance ladies like ourselves hang out. Uh, it's a bi-monthly magazine um, and we have a fabulous uh, group of uh, ladies on board. Jenny um, Parker-Brown or Jenny P as we Jenny call P. her. Jenny P. Um, she came up with the idea of the nine principles for the House of for Preeminence. And she has created this guild. She has, um, we now have a private Facebook group. So all of our lives that we're doing, each of us have um, a subject that we speak on every week. But it's a living, breathing, dynamic magazine. You know, you've got interviews in there. You have um, giveaways, you have videos. Uh, as well as your articles. So I'm an executive contributor and investor for the magazine. And um, we have fabulous ladies such as Catherine Carey, Marsha Martin. Oh, that lady. She's, you don't know who Marsha Martin is, people in the personal development world. You need to do your homework. Um, and um, she is the influencer of the influencers and the lady that has been in my sphere and is now in my space. Um, for the last 20 odd years and um, absolutely adore her. You've got Karen Baines and the five of us have come together to create, I mean, 
Jenny, really. We, we write the articles and go, yeah, well, I think we should be doing this. And she'll go, okay. And then she just goes off and Jenny-fies it. Um, she's just fab. She's also a stylist, but there are articles in there on money. There's articles on travel, uh, leadership, abundance, enrollment, sales, business, life, health. Um, it is, we've had people such as Doria Cordova in there, Fabian Fredrickson. Um, I just nearly dropped a bombshell. This way, this month, we've got Sammy Wonder in there, relationship coach. I can't tell you who's coming but very excited very mm. excited and people can subscribe to the magazine um i mean it's like only 70 dollars for the year and you Bang get access to people like me marcia uh jenny karen carrie Catherine. sorry i've said a surname not a first name and you can't buy that level of access mm. and with a private group as well with us all going live or adding extra content into the group I mean, come on, seriously. If you're not going to invest $70 a year into into it, then you might as well pack up and go home. <laughs> well said, well said. I love, I love that. And what, I'm, what I also hear from you is you've just got variety happening in your life. You know, you've got your courses, you're writing multiple books, you're writing articles mm. for magazines, you're networking extensively, you're on podcasts, you're mm. still, you know, you're constantly pushing yourself, extending yourself, but also giving out, giving out so much value to other people. And I think mm. it's those communities that you just get so known and respected for who you are, but also acceptance to then be who you are um, and feel comfortable Absolutely. in doing so. So I think that's brilliant. Let's finish then. This is a uh, podcast uh, called Memoirs of Successful Women. So what does success look like for you you know what do if you are to call yourself a successful woman how what do you what does that mean to you hmm. success is always evolving as we evolve um and success is having my boys proud of me uh, i think uh, you know when they stop telling me, yeah, it's not too shabby, mum, but, you know, <laughs> you got to, you know, kids keep it real. But I think my, I, I truly believe that our ultimate success is the inner peace that we have. Mm. The inner peace that we can be um, who we wish to be in the people that we are with, without fear going after everything we've ever wanted and having a group of people that support us in that and being the very best version of ourselves, regardless of where we are on that timeline. You know, my, this last weekend, I have this phrase that I, I read a year, a few years ago. It may not look like I'm busy, but on a cellular level, I'm really quite hectic. <laughs> <laughs> But having that group of people that keep you grounded as you become your very best version, but always remaining at peace within yourself. Hmm. And if at any point you are not at peace within yourself and being your very best version of self, however that looks, hmm. that for me is the ultimate success, that inner peace, that tranquility and the giggles every day. You have to giggle every day. 
just every day. Even on a really bloody bad day, you need to giggle. There's something to giggle about. <laughs> There's always something to giggle about. Always. Even if it's just how, <laughs> how miserable you're being. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like really seriously, Dawn, get yourself up and out of bed. You know, seriously. Go and slide across the floor or go and shake it and make Carlton jealous as you do the jive. Oh, should see me do the jive now. (laughs) I am going to go find Carlton and I'm going to say, right, game on. (laughs) You wait till I get to the States. Seriously, I want to do, I want to do Strictly when I get to the States. I reckon that'd be right, Giggle. I might I think, not want to wear those outfits, though. They're a bit too revealing. Yeah, watch out, watch out. I think you're definitely sounding like you've been in quarantine a little bit too long. You're definitely ready to get back on the high seas real soon. <laughs> <laughs> break loose. Break loose. And get oh. either, either gum boots or like her. I'm not too sure, but something, something snazzy. Um, mm, anyway. Mm. Deck shorts. <laughs> exciting anyway I thank you so much for being on my program today I have loved months and months and months of giggles with you and look forward to so many more and I think yeah yeah, it's been it's been so wonderful to actually you know meet you and work with you and be able to you know deliver my story to the world and also see how empowering you are to not only myself to everyone else you work with and the way you operate uh you are truly inspirational and uh you can make me cry in a minute (laughs) so ladies if for if you're thinking or men if you're thinking of uh, writing a book you think you've got a book in you definitely go and uh contact dawn straight away she's got very high standards so make sure you're ready uh but go to dawnbates.com and where you can buy dawn's books and my biography and definitely book a discovery call with dawn to um, pursue your future needs and uh yeah thank you for your time today thank you i've loved it as always Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Memoirs of Successful Women. You can find me at anniegibbons.com where you can download my free resources, get connected on social and check out my online magic transformation program. If you love this show, feel free to subscribe to future episodes and of course, share it with your friends. I'll see you again soon and until then, happy podcasting.